0: Dot Bubble Audio. Welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we take a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, it's my man who loves to fiddle while ancient cities burn. It's Palmer. How are you today? Do it once and you get branded for life. <laughs> branded for many lifetimes, I believe. Like, it's not yeah. Bad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of a big deal. You know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are dying, and you're just like, I'm just going to compose a song at the top of this at the top of this building.
1: Look, art is where is suffering so not necessarily my suffering but somebody
0: it's the suffering of other people well it, it, whether it's listening to your bad songs on the top of a building <laughs> or the people who are dying partially because of the name of art um oh, anyway we are here for the 1952 best picture nominees they are as follows a place in the sun a streetcar named desire decision before dawn quo vadis and an american in paris palmer do you know what one best picture. American in Paris? That is correct. It actually is an American in Paris. I read them in order for once in the time that we've done this podcast. Uh, so we will be discussing all of these films uh, in great detail, obviously. Um, actually, no, we will not be because, truth be told, I, w- I will get it out in front. So we record episodes pretty far in advance. Like like The world should yes. have ended, you... and these podcast episodes generally <laughs> will not comment on the fact that Switzerland... <laughs> Is no longer there. We have no idea. So, like, it, did you did you see that? It just sunk into the earth's core, and we're all just going about <laughs> our day. No, we have, and we talk about
1: how great Switzerland is and how we want to visit there.
0: Yeah, it, all the time. But nope, we're at now, and it's not and it's not ironic. We thought it was really there. So anyway, yep. so we record very far in advance because this this movie project is actually quite a lot of work. And um, but as I was watching the nineteenth. 19- 1952 movies several months ago um, my wife and I had a baby which is very exciting and so we put the podcast on hold or recording our episodes on hold for a few months uh, but I want these movies back uh, I watched these movies three months ago and I have not returned to them in the slightest uh, since I watched them so my memory of them apart from the notes that I have written myself um, thank god I actually did write notes for myself this time because sometimes i don't like i'll remember that and then i but this one i actually did so i'll have something to talk about and i'll i know which one and i've already like listed like what my who who wins and what my reasons are so i think i'll be good but just so everyone knows that's the
1: disclaimer it's gonna be weird now i mean and i just recently watched these movies like in the past week and there's already like there's there's one of them that i'm already like god i don't remember anything about it well
0: we're gonna what find out together shan't we well so anyway here we go let's start with a place in the sun uh directed by george stevens written by michael wilson harry brown based on the play by patrick Kearney, which was adapted from the book an american tragedy by theodore dreiser starring which montgomery
1: was also a movie called uh, that there was uh there was an earlier version of this movie that was just under an american tragedy
0: well oh, that wasn't in my notes though interesting well it should have been yeah it should have been i blame imdb the starring montgomery Cliff, elizabeth Taylor and Shelley Winters nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Clift and Best Actress for Winters this movie won Best Director, Best Screenplay Best Cinematography for Black and White Film, Best Costume Design for a Black and White Film Editing and Music. The story revolves around a poor boy who gets a job working for his rich uncle and ends up falling in love with two women and stuff occurs <sighs> um, I, I think we have to spoil this movie from the get-go though I actually do encourage, I will say I do encourage people to watch it. I found Exceedingly melodramatic in every sense of the word um, <laughs> But because of that It was immensely entertaining And surprisingly poignant by the end And even 19, though I watched
1: 1952 version of the CW
0: Yeah, kinda Actually, that's a really good description <laughs> of this movie And like, even though I watched it um, I've seen three of these movies before A place I No, lies I, back up I've seen two of these movies before Streetcar Named Desire And Quo Vadis I had already seen But A Place in the Sun Actually has sat in my brain for a few months, like, I actually remembered quite a bit about it when you finally started watching it, and it really Mm. came flooding back to me, and so I, I would say that's actually the mark of a good film, because we've watched movies that, like, I'll scroll through my letterbox and be like, I don't even remember watching that, what is that movie about? Oh yeah, absolutely, yep. Yeah, so, um, this one actually stayed with me, I I found the story good, um, it has a lot of twists, like I said, it's extraordinarily melodramatic, like, everything is in high definition intensity, um, Emotionally, what do you think?
1: Uh, I thought the acting was done very well. I think because it's a two plus hour movie, and it takes some time to kind of get going. And I feel like by the t- like once it finds its footing and gets to you know gets to places where stuff starts happening and things start moving, we get the inevitable um, rushed conclusion. Almost, you know.
0: Yes, I would. It's uh, the, okay. So uh, this is where the spoilers for the movie come in, I guess. So you think this movie's going to be about like this boy who's like, you know, I'm learning to be a man because and I want, you know, and I like working for my uncle, and maybe it's a love story and it's this, but then it turns into a murder, and then it turns into a courtroom <laughs> it, drama,
1: and then but it not doesn't, a mur- not, a,
0: not a murder, I should say, but it turns into attempted murder, maybe, um, and then accidental things happened. Like it's... It's wild. It's a wild ride.
1: Yeah, and I just want more of the courtroom drama. Like, the courtroom drama was really good. Everything from, like, the death on, I think, is fantastic and is a really good movie. And it's not saying that the, the previous stuff is a bad movie, necessarily. It's definitely needed to get where you're going, but it's just not as interesting as the movie could have been, in my mind. I agree. It's not
0: the the first half or maybe even three quarters of the movie, because it, it actually takes quite some time for the um yeah. kind of the the maybe more uh more suspenseful moments of the film it takes quite some time to get there but i think mm-hmm. we spend a little too much time dallying like i'm just a regular american boy um and so by the time we get to a bit of the love triangle and then um and then some of the more spicy elements of these mm-hmm. 1951 film uh it like we've we're nearing the conclusion of the film and i i think in a a different world it uh Thing could have been an edited a bit down or elongated yeah. in a different direction. That's to say, though, I actually it was almost weirdly refreshing to like move through a courtroom drama so quickly. Like you know, <laughs> like because sometimes you are like, yes, yes, we know, and you are going to make a decision about the, this, and like all of a sudden, I am like, oh, you really did make a decision
1: quite fast. Okay, great, good for right. you guys. Uh, I also would have to say that this is this movie has. The worst priest ever in films. Uh, I don't remember. Is that the guy? Because he, he like tells the
0: guy that he's guilty, right? Is that? Do I remember yeah. that correctly? Yeah. yeah.
1: So like he's on death row, and they're bringing him to the electric chair or needle or where you know, however they decided to dispatch him. And he's like, but, you know, and the guy's like, you know, I didn't actually kill the girl. And the priest is – the priest there who's supposed to be there to comfort him, he's like, right, but did you think about it? Yes. Well, then you're guilty. You thought about it. God hates you. Have fun. Yeah.
0: Well, that's actually what I really liked about this film and that, like, you know, he – this is all spoilers now so but um you know this one of the girls that he has this like fling on the side with um Mm -hmm. not the main girl so um i guess that that would be shelly winters right yeah because elizabeth taylor is the main girl um yeah that he has this relationship with they're going to get married if my memory serves me correctly and all this stuff And this his fling is like actually i'm having a baby and his he's like well now i have to murder you to protect (laughs) this life that i have and you're like oh this got really intense really fast um and so like there's so much i'm gonna go out we'll have a nice thing in the woods and then you'll drown in this and blah 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 and he wants to do it, decides not to do it then she acts irrationally on the boat and ends up falling to her death anyway. Right. Um, And so the quandary of the movie is like, did he as good as murder her because he put her in that situation in the first place to which his intention was to kill her but the movie's pretty clear that it it was an accident. He did not and she died unintentionally in that
1: moment. Right. And to be fair like it's not like and again this you know no excuse for murder or even thinking about it but it's not like she was like hey, by the way, I'm pregnant, and he jumped to, well, now I have to murder you. It was, hey, I'm pregnant, and he was like, cool, I don't think I really want to be with you. And and then she was like, well, I'll ruin your life and tell everybody about us.
0: That's right. I actually forgot that bit, that she was going to blackmail him. Um, Right. So, not again. Which, again, not 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 an excuse for murder. No. (laughs) Right. But... You can see but it wasn't he, like he didn't jump right to murder,
1: right? Right, yeah. like he didn't he didn't go like, ah, oh, you're pregnant? Uh no, you're you're dying. Is what is happening here? Yeah. yeah, he went from deadbeat dad to murder, which is much better.
0: It's a much clearer delineation or, or, of thought. It, right? <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I without really giving away the end. Well, I mean, I guess you too late. End, but, yeah, <laughs> never mind. But uh, yeah, I, I I I weirdly loved it. I think George Stevens is a great director. I don't really think we've watched. A movie from him yet that I haven't liked, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, and this is just a sort of kind of maybe it's not his best, but I um, I did enjoy this quite a bit. So give me some fun facts on on uh, a place in the sun.
1: Yes, Shelley Winters developed mixed feelings towards producer and director George Stevens for making her look so unglamorous alongside Dame Elizabeth Taylor. Wait, I, a role... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, before you even,
0: I was thinking of a different director. George Stevens directed Giant and Shane. Oh God. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, Well, Shane wasn't bad. No, Shane was okay, but by God, I didn't like Giant.
1: So, so, you know, it's funny because you just looked those up, and aside from us, like, both totally hating Giant, one of the things we did say was it took very long to go anywhere, which this movie also has a little bit of a problem with. Not as much as Giant because Giant doesn't have any redeeming qualities. No, it's, it's this does. Of, it's too right. big. Yeah. And and even Shane, like Shane again, I you know, I'm pretty sure I said it was good and people should watch it. But again, like it kind of got a little bit long to get to where it's going. And it's funny to see how like even though he's not necessarily the writer, it's something that's in at least three projects he's on. So Ooh. is it him or or is it the stuff he chooses? It's weird, but because you wouldn't think he has really any outcome on the writing itself. No, probably not. But I think
0: it's definitely him. Like if like I, I'm sorry. Like if we're gonna call a if we're if we're looking at three of his films and going, wow, they're all long or have
1: pacing issues. That's him, right? Um, so yes. So she didn't like uh, Shelley Winters. Didn't like George Stevens for making her look so glamorous. alongside Dame Elizabeth Taylor. Her role, moreover, typecast her in a mousy or brassy parts for years. Winter said she drove white Cadillac convertibles, similar to Taylor in his movie, for years afterward to compensate for her intense feelings of inferiority while making this movie. Wow, that's a
0: rather intense. It's a little much. I I mean, like, I guess if it, it, like, (laughs) typecasted her in a very particular role, but that's, I don't know if that's his fault. That's, like, she signed on for that particular role. That's...
1: Yeah. And, I mean, that just means you
0: did the role really good. Right. Would she did she was nominated? She was wonderful. She was really, yeah. she was, re- it was a really strong performance.
1: Charlie Chaplin considered this the greatest movie ever made about America.
0: All right, Charlie Chaplin, calm down a little bit. Well, I don't know if that's I mean, really true.
1: I, I mean, Charlie Chaplin does have, have some similarities with the main actor, with the main character. True you story, know, yeah. Multiple wanted, wanted to kill women wives. and all that, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not
0: as intense as the one <sighs> I said, but yes. um
1: I always forget if. I always forget if Chaplin was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, no, it couldn't have been. We would have seen it by now. Yeah. Oh, that is such a great movie. Everybody, was, just Chaplin go watch Chaplin.
0: A, Chaplin was a TV movie, wasn't it?
1: No, it was directed by Richard Attenborough of Jurassic Park fame. I think you could say of Gandhi. And. watched that for this show already. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say of Jurassic Park fame because he was the best part of Jurassic Park. Gasp. Um, Actually, just- I love Jurassic Park, but he was great.
0: He is great. I don't know if he's the best
1: part. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. And it's got everybody in it in the world. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays Charlie Chaplin. It is such a great movie. It is a great movie. I'm not it's long, though. against it. It yeah. is very long. Just like Robert the, Downey Jr. I don't know what that means. Please continue. No. The well-known initial love scene between George and Angela was filmed in extreme close-up using a six-inch lens. George Stevens rewrote the dialogue for the sequence at the last moment and surprised Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor with his revised pages. I mean,
0: it, that sounds like it could be, like, it's a fun fact, but that's just common practice on film now to be like, we rewrote it, here it is, work with it this morning, we're shooting this afternoon.
1: Nope, you know, anytime there's a rewrite, it means that the uh, the entire movie is going down in flames. I think you and I, I think you and I both
0: know that's absolutely not true, and that most movies, it actually has nothing to do uh, with quality of the movie. Flames, I say! <laughs> flames? Flames on the side of my face? Um now is that it is that all you have to say to me yeah that's all i got wonderful let's start with a streetcar named desire directed by alaya kazan uh kazan written by tennessee williams and oscar saul based on the play by tennessee williams starring vivian lee marlon brando kim hunter and carl malden nominated for best picture actor for brando director screenplay cinematography cinematography for a black and white film costume design for black and white film sound and music it's movie one best actress for lee supporting actor for malden porting actress for Hunter, art direction for a black and white film. If you are unfamiliar with A Streetcar Named Desire, it is about the disturbed Blanche Dubois, who moves in with her sister in New Orleans and is tormented by her brutish brother-in-law while her reality crumbles around her. I believe this movie is well cast and well filmed. Uh, The problem I have always had with A Streetcar Named Desire uh, is that I find everybody in the film incredibly unlikable. And not just in the way that like I don't agree with your like your choices. I just really don't like them as people and I find and because of that I find it not unwatchable but not an enjoyable experience. Like you can enjoy watching um characters you don't agree with morally or anything like that. Like they don't have to share your values for you to enjoy something because it's just a story, but I don't find I don't find the characters engaging at all. Uh and uh I just I just really don't like A Streetcar Named Desire, and I don't know why, but that's...
1: As I've said to you almost on every episode of this show, Tim, you do not have to like the characters in the movie for the movie to be good. What did I You weren't listening to a thing I just said. Nope. I checked out.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> I was taking a sip of my diet soda. I just I just don't like you sometimes. I mean, um,
1: I can I can ag- I can agree with what you're saying as far as the characters go. Although I would say the the main uh Blanche's sister Stella, I don't yeah. think she's there's not really anything to her that No, maybe she's not unlikable totally. Um and so I guess well, like she's I mean... not she's just kind of stuck in the situation. Like she has this brutish she has this brutish husband who doesn't like doesn't like her sister like off the bat like before her sister even does anything or we find anything out about her he doesn't like her and is kind of acting and is kind of acting like a prick towards her mm-hmm. and then her sister who is is very frayed even when we meet her like like you don't know anything about her past you don't know anything but just the way she talks and the way her mannerisms like you can tell she's very frayed psychologically oh yes
0: extremely so
1: and her sister is trying to is trying to be there for her and take care of her, and so she, like Stella is is in the middle of all these things, and so she's the only one that I think is kind of free of blame in this movie.
0: Yeah, I would I'd say that's true. <clears throat> well, I mean, Blanche is not well, and I, I think that is um uh, that is an important part of the story that needs to come across for uh-huh. it to work. Is that I don't know how much you can say that. Even Blanche is in control of herself, even by the the start of the play, or the movie in this case. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that, to me, doesn't really change anything. Like, I just find them all incredibly not fun or great or anything yeah i just i have a very hard time getting into this and like i said i can recognize objectively like everybody's doing a good job the set's very good it's well shot like all of that i just can't engage with the
1: story how the hell did marlon brando be the only one in this cast that didn't win an award
0: um maybe because like that's just lots of awards um, wait, eh, no. Fine, oh, wait, but no. that wait, doesn't wait, mean wait, anything. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold your horses. Hold on. I think I actually might have put the...
1: No, oh, my horse has my... already left.
0: Oh, no. Hold on. A streetcar named Bob. Nope, that's not right. Streetcar named Desire. I was... <laughs> uh, love Trailers. Awards. Vivian Lee. Carl Malden. Mm-hmm. Kim Hunter. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, no. No, he did not win. Nope, he did not. Uh, sorry, I got confused I... with another list. No, I um, I don't know. Like Maybe because he's... he's He's good, but it's not his best.
1: See, I would, I would say this is probably this is probably one of his best performances we've seen on this show. Now we've seen mutiny on the Bounty, we've seen two Godfathers. Um, I and can, I, think... I can
0: potentially answer your question. Um, and you, you're not going to like it, but I think he lost to a legacy award because in 1952 Humphrey Bogart won Best Actor for The African Queen. Oh, okay. Humphrey Bogart. died um, actually, in 1957. Um so you know obviously Bogart had been going for quite some time and this might have been like a it's about time. I mean, Bo I don't think I don't
1: I don't think Bogart was that old when he died. He wasn't. But uh, but he'd yeah. been but um, he'd been going but,
0: for some time already. Maybe it was just one yeah, of those. Yeah, no,
1: I well yeah, cuz you figure Casablanca was uh, was last season, I think. Casablanca so was, yeah. Yeah, so that was uh like 43 or something Um uh, but so my biggest uh man african queen is pretty good and again like i could only i could only stack him up against the other five best the other four best pictures but i thought he was i thought he was great in this movie like his his acting is top notch in this and and it's almost a crime that that he doesn't win uh, that being said, uh, he is definitely the least likable he has been in ever. Yeah. In this oh, yes. movie. Movie uh, With Carl Malden, like falling in second place and Carl Malden, who's, who's a fine character throughout most of the movie is just like a prick at the end. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I don't but, like you anymore. But
0: that goes back to my original point
1: in that, like, but I mean, that's what Tennessee this... Williams does. We, I know. he commented but... on this. On, uh, cat, on a hot tin roof And I will say my biggest complaint With a streetcar named Desire Was I was I hadn't watched it yet So one I was like oh I've always wanted to watch this and I was like I can't wait to talk About it because then we can make fun Of how there was no streetcar named Desire because there was no cat on a hot tin Roof but there's a goddamn streetcar named Desire in the movie yeah there sure is Bob Yeah <laughs> yeah he <you> actually uh, <laughs> Yeah it's a
0: it's it's pretty Specific and important actually so Um yeah Tennessee Williams. Williams, well, is there to (laughs) is there to trip you up just when you don't think he's going to? That's his master talent. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it is it is written very well. It is adapted very well. Uh, I know they expanded the locations a bit because the play just takes place inside the house, the house and the like, and the front yard area. Uh, So yeah, but but even then, like I like that the,
0: the movie doesn't actually lose its staged aspect, though. Like the the sets are they have like uh they have a feeling of being on stage a stage um but you are treated
1: yeah because even when they're like going down the street it looks like they're just going off stage and even when like she goes running out of when she goes running out yelling after Carl Malden uh towards the end and you have all the people in the square and on the street kind of like come out of say the shadows Mm -hmm. to see what's going on it it looks very much like a stage production and I was really happy because sometimes when sometimes when plays get adapted, it feels too like this was obviously never conceptualized for a movie. Right. And it just feels very stagey. This maintains a stage feel but still feels like a movie yeah no I,
0: I agree like I said it's all done really well I just don't like
1: it yeah like and that's not yeah and you're not yeah. supposed to like I mean you're supposed to feel sorry for Blanche like you're not supposed to dislike her you know exactly and you know what I just don't feel
0: sorry for her and I, and I know that I should and I it's not like I think she deserves what she gets or anything like that I just maybe I mean I've only seen it twice and but I have also like I've read the play I've seen the movie twice, and maybe it's just I've just
1: not been in a great. You've seen the musical on The Simpsons?
0: Oh my gosh, I forgot they did. I forgot they make fun of a streetcar named Desire because they yeah. because that's the one Marge is in, right? When she's like, "Yep," uh, and then Homer yep. is the yells Stella, right? Does Homer yell Stella? No, it is no Flanders, Flanders
1: is Stanley. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's even funnier when you've actually <laughs> seen the show.
0: Um, yeah, my well, gosh, I completely forgot about that episode, but yeah, I, it's just not... objectively, I can understand why it's so good but Mm -hmm. this is one where I just say this one's it's a four out of five but not for me
1: um I mean that's 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 objectable and and fine I I rate this better than Cat on a Hot Tin Roof although begrudgingly I would say like watch both of them but definitely I I really like to shriek our name desire yeah alright give me some fun facts for this one as the film progresses the set of the Kowalski apartment actually gets smaller to heighten the suggestion of Blanche's increasing claustrophobia. Oh, that's very cool. Vivian Lee, who suffered from bipolar disorder in real life, later had difficulties in distinguishing her real life from that of Blanche DuBois. So <laughs> she essentially became... She became Blanche DuBois? That's... No, I was going to say, she essentially became um, uh, the the actress from Sunset Boulevard. Oh, uh, Glenn Close. No, that's not... Glenn <laughs> sure. Glenn Close
0: was in the uh, stage The movie
1: um, Sunset Boulevard, I believe that Lloyd Webber Cole. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Please. Continue. Oh, that's right. He did do Uh. Anyway. Yeah, Sunset... Though Ooh, the movie oh. itself had no sequel... No. <laughs> Though the movie itself had no sequel, the play upon which the movie was based on, Tennessee Williams' 1947 play of the same name, A Streetcar Named Desire, had a sequel in 2020 titled You've Slept Too Long in Silence. The movie had ended with Blanche being taken to a mental hospital. So 40 years later, the play starts with the funeral of Stanley, and among those attending the funeral are Blanche, who has been... And brought back from the hospital by Mitch I have no interest in seeing that whatsoever that sounds terrible. I definitely want to see that no, no, it, no it sounds great it sounds like nothing I will ever watch. somebody dig up Carl Malden, Vivian Lee and and Marlon Brando so he can lay in a casket and, you, can't and get, and you can't make that get Marlon movie.
0: Brando out of the cr- out of the crown <laughs> it ain't happening he weighs more than the casket I'm pretty sure you can now well that's a good point yeah that's a good I'm point. pretty yeah, yeah. uh That was three, right? That was three. Uh Uh-huh. Great. Let's move on to Decision Before Dawn. Directed by Anatoly Litvak. Written by Peter Vertel, Jack Rollins, Carl Zuckmayer. Based on the novel Call It Treason by George Howe. Starring Richard Basehart, Gary Merrill, Oscar Werner, and Hildegard. Nominated for Best Picture and Best Editing. This movie won no awards. As the U.S. Army approaches Nazi Germany, they recruit German prisoners to spy behind... German lines. Uh I do believe that this was based on a true story of some kind. Um Yes. It was based on the even though it was based on the It glory. says that right at the beginning. Yes, I remembered something fantastic. Uh I think this movie was good in concept and it's well filmed, but it felt more like set dressing than a character piece. It was more like look at war-torn Europe, everybody. Look at it. Look how good it looks.
1: Because that's where it was actually shot, so.
0: Yeah, right. But that's why I think they were like we can we could shoot in war before they fix everything. Let's go shoot a movie there really fast. Um, and so I think it like <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like and so like the like stuff just kind of it just kind of goes through the motions just to show you war-torn Europe yeah. and so I think that I, you know when the movie came out like it was that it had a real powerful resonance with people when they were just like I don't really care
1: about the story I'm just sitting in the images well yeah because this comes out fairly soon after World War II like we're talking this is we're talking this gets nominated in 1952 so so is being conceived and shot 1950, 1951. No, this
0: movie came out in fifty two, so it came out and no nominated in fifty two, so it came out in no, fifty so one. Means that it's probably shot somewhere between forty nine and fifty. So it's you're talking that it's shot somewhere between four to six years after World War Two. Assuming that yes. they didn't film it although immediately I, afterward and it took a few years for them to even release the movie.
1: Yeah, I honestly there was one film in this in this year and i didn't put it on as a fun fact i don't remember if this is the one but there is one film that was actually done in 1950 and it wasn't released until until then until the 1952 oscar season because the studio had already had a movie coming out that it wanted to push for the oscars and it was like well we can't we can't have two
0: We can't push two different movies for the Oscars.
1: Yeah, that would be humiliating. Says no studio. Yeah. Says
0: no studio ever. Now, ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this was the one like I watched and kind of almost immediately forgot the the beginning thing that talks about like, hey, you know, we, you know, the the Allies had this idea of hiring German people to essentially be spies on the Germans, you know, to commit treason, which is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying they're in the wrong on this they're definitely not but it is what treason is by definition um, and that is true so that like the beginning scroll where it's like hey this is a true story it actually happened this was the plan I'm like this sounds like it could be a really good story and it kind of wasn't and yeah. it just it, it just kind of goes along by like it's almost a paint by numbers war movie yeah and and I that's what I mean like it's great in concept but they they
0: didn't really go past the concept they they were like okay we'll figure out the story after we
1: make the movie lol right <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I think, and you know what, this might be one of those instances where, like, everyone always complains with, say, based on a true story movies, when they're like, "Oh, you know, they they added stuff to make it more exciting." This is why, like, this is yeah. this might have been like a straight laced version of what happened, and it was just, oh, okay, yeah, this like the concept is interesting. I wish more would have happened, you know. I'm, I'm, but and that's that's ultimately what it comes down to, and the fact that it was it was shot before you know Europe was able to rebuild and you can see you can see the ravages of World War II kind of like we got um, kind of like we got at the end of that other movie from last year that was in like the bombed out church mm-hmm. um, uh, the one that won best picture yep I know
0: exactly what yeah. you're talking about it was the it was a family it was a family it was a movie about the family and they're all affected by the war in different ways and I right and, and then you, you had Anderson's, like Andersons. I think it was yeah called. that was probably yeah, I mean, it Harry and then and you had
1: Anderson's, the priest yeah. you had the priest like telling everybody we need to kill every German and I'm like that like really what was it about this what was it about this time frame that got that got priests off their rocker Uh, the Nazis
0: that's what it was off (laughs) that's that's what got them off their rocker the Nazis Uh, anyway yeah this movie was fine I if you're interested in watching what almost amounts to camera footage of of war-torn Europe without watching a documentary
1: this is the closest you're going to get Yeah, and it's on YouTube so you know not yourself out. Yeah. One of the first films after World War Two to portray the German people outside of the Nazi regime in a sympathetic light. Well, good for good, good for them. Yeah. Since the since the start of five best picture nominees for the Academy Awards in nineteen forty four, this was the first best film nominee to only be nominated in one other category Best Film Editing. The next instance would have would not occur until you want to take a guess on when and what Movie, it's one that we've watched.
0: Um, so it's only been nominated for one other category plus Best Picture. That's the. Can yep. I get a time frame? Yep. Can I get it?
1: Um, last two seasons or last three seasons of the show. It's not really a time frame. So, so it's. I mean, it is in the, our end. So but all right. Uh, four... no, I mean, just like, think of it this way: like it's got the 50s it. Sixties or like no, like you got to go like I would say in our lifetime. Our lifetime,
0: last two seasons. <laughs> I got nothing. I have no idea. We've watched so many movies. Four Weddings and a Funeral in 1944. That was nominated for Best Picture and Best
1: Writing? Probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. It doesn't say what the second one is. It just says it only picked up two nominations, including Best Film. That's crazy
0: that it's, that's like yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral. So,
1: starring Q 42 prompt. years. Yeah, 42
0: years. Yes, I was right. Uh-huh. Best Picture and Best Writing, Richard Curtis. Yeah, because
1: it's the guy, yeah, I was going to say, it's the guy who does love acting. Well actually guy. Yeah, yeah, man. Oscar Werner met his wife Anne on the set. She just happened to be Tyrone Power's daughter, and he was his son in law until Power's untimely death in 1958. Ironically, both Werner and Power would die of heart attacks. Well, well, that's sad. I'm I'm changing my thing to two fun facts and one sad fact this year. Yeah, oh, that's that's,
0: that's <laughs>
1: sad. It's
0: just it's not really a good time at all. That's in fact the worst time. I'm sad now. Uh, it, was that three facts? Yep. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Let's yeah. talk about Quo Vadis, directed by Mervin Leroy. Mervin. Your name is Mervin, um, Mervin Leroy, and uncredited Anthony Mann. It's a strange thing to name your child. Written by John Lee Mahin, S. L. Berman, Sonia Levine, Hugh Gray. Based on the novel by Henrik Sikenowitz, uh, Sikenowitz, Sikenowitz. Starring Robert Taylor. Sinkevich. S- s- not Sinkevich. Maybe it's Sinkevich. Yeah, nice job. Great job. Well done. Um, Starring Robert Taylor, Deborah Kerr, Leo Gen, or Jen, who knows, Uh, Peter Ustinov, narrated by Walter Pidgeon. Nominated for Best Picture, Supporting Actor for Jen and Ustinov, Cinematography for Color Film, Art Direction for Colored Film, Costume Design for Color Film, Editing and Music. This movie won no awards. Movie is about a fierce Roman commander named Marcus Vincius who becomes infatuated with a beautiful Christian hostage named Lygia, and he begins to question the tyrannical leadership of the despotic Emperor Nero. Um, I saw this movie in college. I had to watch it for a class, actually. Um, that's where I had originally seen it, and I loved it when I was in college. I was like 19 years old, and I just thought it was just a wild ride of beautiful sets and costumes, and Peter Ustinov is just terrific as Emperor Nero, and... Mm. Uh, and then I uh, rewatched it, and I thought the sets were still good. Costumes were fine. Ustanov was still great. And everything else is completely forgettable. Um... Except for this one scene with Saint Peter like celebrating mass in the catacomb, like an outside catacomb kind of thing, and I thought it's framed really well, it's colored really well. Um, but I had to watch for a uh, class, and the goal was to um, uh, like pin like pin out how historically inaccurate the movie was, and so we had to like how like oh this was wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this actually happened like this, 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 and this, and this. This movie just like wildly makes up history it's just like hilariously just like like it's like it's almost like watching a like kingdom of heaven or gladiator where you're like mm-hmm. yeah. Empires, you may have heard of these people. The end, the end of history. Um, so that's not how Ridley Scott sees it, who walked out of an interview when that guy was like, Did you, did you read about this? You see that where someone I goes, sent it to you, yeah, oh, where he yeah, was so. like,
1: The Last Duel is the most realistic of your epics. And I was like, No, that's about right. Like, yeah. I don't see why you're upset about this,
0: yeah. And he's like, How oh, you to be realistic, Ridley Scott. Um, right. So, and, and I was um, like, I was like,
1: Poor Ridley Scott,
0: he thought Alien was a documentary. I mean, it could be one day, who knows, you know, Imitating Life, t- Art, uh, yeah. so yeah, I that was um that's uh, my big take. I think it's it's one of the like forgotten epics. Um, it really is, and that's that's like it's it can be quite enjoyable if you're into if you're into like historical biblical dramas. That's kind of the um uh that's kind of the you know I don't know um you know I don't know that's kind of the my take. That's guess kind of my big takeaway. So
1: if you like pretty pretty like ro- you know pretty. Historic Technicolor looking epics. This movie definitely gives this movie a watch. Nero is awesome and out acts everybody on the screen and everybody not on the screen. And everybody in the movie, whether or not they're in the scene with him or not, all at once. Mm -hmm. He is he is like the the quintessential over the top. Uh, school theater arts major acting to the back row of the seat four blocks down Yep, that's exactly right. But that's what you want Nero to be, um, right? And I it think works it for the character. Re-
0: it works so well. They specifically sought him out for this role. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, where they like he was originally not inclined to take the part? He didn't want it. Um, and they. He was like,
1: I don't fiddle. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't like when things burn, particularly Rome. <laughs> uh, um, and so I live there. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. It's quite good. Um. And so I. Yeah. I. I. I think if you – like you said, if you like the sword and, sandal mel- sword and sandal melodrama Technicolor, so if you like the Ten Commandments or uh, – Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah The Ten Commandments is probably as close as I can get to um, – Yeah, because it's not really
1: – there's, there's some action sequences but not a lot. Um, although there's like – although it's like the first half is, you know, like Nero going insane and the second half is like Christians dying. Like this movie is very easily divided into two halves. Yeah, I um, I think you know it's like um, Spartacus, Ben
0: Hur, Ten Commandments. That's like if those are like the top, this is like the next. This is the next level underneath that. Tier two, tier two. Cleopatra and yeah, and Quo Vadis. Like it's got a yeah. lot going for it, but it just doesn't quite ascend to Charlton Heston going. I bring you Ethiopia. You know, like that's a, yeah. that's a whole other. I
1: world. I do like the I do kind of like the um the contra- Contrasting the comparison to, say, Ben-Hur, because Ben-Hur is another movie that has, like, sort of, like, like a biblical story, but yet the person, like, the most famous person in the movies are not the point of attention in the, you know, in the movies. Yes, Like, Ben-Hur, absolutely. Jesus shows up, and, like, no one, like, the movie's not about Jesus. And this one, St. Peter shows up, and he's, like, in two scenes, and then he dies kind of on off ish yep. <laughs> It's like yep. okay, good, good well, story, it guys. It is
0: well. The whole like so, quo vadis is means like in Latin it means like you know where are you going or you know like who's going you know where art thou something you know something like that. Mercutio exactly where art thou Mercutio deny my friendship and die by sword. Um. So uh yeah. So it's like where are you going? Who and so the this Roman this Roman soldier is, is the whole point of the movie is that like what is your point in life? Where are are you going and who's going to lead you there and so he ends up like becoming a christian because of like the ideals that he sees um in them and they were but that was like part of like a little story like where they were like they're called christians and they have a, cruci- they have a crucifix or a cross and all this stuff and that part of the historical inaccuracy of the film is like that's not what they were called back then they were called followers of the way because jesus says like i am the way so that's what they dubbed themselves as and so like the movie right, it- being like where are you going like the what is the way It's all connected, but then the movie just doesn't go with the title. It's a little strange.
1: It's strange that way. Isn't there a scene in this movie where, like, the Christians, like, have a vote to start calling themselves Christians? Like, isn't that one of the things in the movie? I do
0: not remember that, to be honest. Um, But uh, Christian was a – it was the – it was a – uh, a sl- slang term that people used against them It you know it was, uh, it was a slur um, and oh. so they just it was so uh, I don't think the movie gets into that but anyway that's not really important right now that's the history of the actual events of this film I do think that the lion eating scenes were done well considering that they were real lions
1: and they really ate people
0: they did yeah they got strange there was towards a hor- the end.
1: yeah there was a horrible lawsuit after the fact
0: yeah indeed there was uh, it was actually just the MGM lions that they just let loose <laughs> um, yep. yeah yeah Uh, give me some fun facts for Quo Vadis.
1: John Huston was the original director under the supervision of producer Arthur Hornblow with a cast headed by Gregory Peck as Marcus, Elizabeth Taylor as Legia. The studio was dissatisfied with the footage Huston was sending back from Rome and production chief Louis B. Mayer, an arch-conservative unhappy with the script which used Emperor Nero's persecution of the Christians as an allegory for the anti-communist witch hunts to which Hollywood was being then Subjected to after a couple weeks of shooting, MGM shut down the production, ordered a new script, recast the movie, and persuaded Mervyn Leroy to assume direction of this movie.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that explains that explains Mervyn. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's, I mean, not great for everybody involved except for him, but that's fine.
1: Announcements by the MGM publicity department ranged from "In making this film, MGM feel privileged to add something of permanent value to the cultural treasure house of mankind." to Ancient Rome is going to the dogs, Robert Taylor is going to the lions, and Sir Peter Ustinov is going crazy. (sighs) Yeah, he is. Which might be the best tagline for a movie ever. And Sir Peter Ustinov is going crazy. Look at him go. Amongst the stars... Considered for rules in this movie were Orson Welles, Marlene Dietrich as Popeye, and Academy Rewind favorite Charles Lawton as <gasps> Emperor Nero. Charles Lawton
0: could have been Emperor Nero? Oh, give me yep. that movie, please. <laughs> oh, you know we love Charles Lawton around here. <laughs> is this the end of Emperor Nero?
1: Yes, yes, yes it is. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Oh,
0: good stuff. All right, last movie um, An American Paris, directed by Vincent Minnelli, father of Liza Minnelli, I would imagine, right? Right? Probably. Cool. I'm, I'm making of of. but I mean, like, how, many how many Minnellis in Hollywood really are there? Um, Four. Whoa. Uh, written by Alan J. Lerner and Erna Gershwin, starring Gene Kelly, Leslie Karen, Oscar Levant, George Gattari, and Nina Foul. Um Nominated for direction and editing, this movie won Best Picture, Screenplay, Cinematography for a Color Film, Art Director for a Color Film. Film, costume design for color film and music. The story revolves around three friends who struggle to find work in Paris. They bec- things become more complicated when two of them fall in love with the same woman. Uh, I found this movie beautiful and breezy but it doesn't really offer you anything beyond its initial charm like I don't think it's anything deeper than what it says it is on its surface and I don't think it's supposed to be it just that just is what it is and so as a best picture winner I like I get it but I don't really get it because it's like technically good Um, you know but a lot of these movies are also technically good achievements Um, but it's just kind of missing that like all important subtext for um, which I think a Best Picture really really needs most of the time um, and so, you know, Gene Kelly's great, he does this Gene Kelly thing there's a great dance, there's a few great dance sequences, it's funny um, and I liked it, but it is not uh, not my
1: favorite pick for Best best Picture what do you think? Um, It was good it had some memorable songs in it, which are good, which is always, it's always nice to see where some of like the old American songbook has come from And uh, Gene Kelly does a fine job. Uh, As I told you, it has one of my favorite scenes in recent memory from watching these movies. I really like physical comedy scene, while two of the guys are talking about the problems of one of them and this woman that he really loves not knowing that the other is dating her or is going to marry her. And the only one who knows it is stuck in the middle of this conversation Mm -hmm. and is kind of freaking out. Um, It is a very great, it is a very hilarious scene that i find really enjoyable. The music's fine. The dancing is good. It is a very light and breezy movie. There's not much to it. It is like classic, almost classic, like golden age of Hollywood romantic comedy. Yes, that's
0: exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Which and,
1: is fine, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just right. No a movie, it, and it's a and it's a good example of it of what it's supposed to be. Um, my biggest problem is the ending. It just Kind of ends, but it also tacks on like a twenty-minute dance sequence.
0: Yeah, but it's a really good dance sequence. Strong. You know, correct me it's if I'm fine, wrong. But ago, it's fine, but
1: it's but it serves no
0: purpose. In correct the me movies, if I'm so. wrong. So, but like the the because it's been, it's been several months, but the sequence at the end is like a surreal Paris, right? It's like yeah, yeah, and so um, it's almost like the Paris of their dreams, like what they had been trying to achieve this whole time by like working. But in it's Paris. just. Him and struggling in
1: Paris, but he finally achieved it. Then I don't know. That's no, he's just that? he's just dancing around, and then at the end of the dance sequence, he's at the he's at the river, and she shows up in the wedding dress, and that's it. They the end. Yeah, I don't know what to
0: tell you. It's a Gene Kelly movie. You're like it's dancing. Like they didn't have enough
1: in the middle, so they had to put it at the end. I mean, at least in the middle you could have at least had it make sense in the movie. That's my biggest problem is I'm fi- like yes, it was a very enjoyable dance number. It went on for like three hours. Great. Long. Mm-hmm. But it does nothing to the story, and I think if you wanted to do it, you could have found a way to make it work in the story earlier in the movie and not just tack it on because you realize that you didn't hit your minimum runtime, or something.
0: Was he already going to marry her at that? No, she was marrying somebody else. So it really does do something to the story, to which it like it does change the course of events by the end if she shows up to choose him instead.
1: She doesn't know the dance number ends, and he's just at the he's just at the river, and then she just randomly shows up and is like, ah, I ran away. Yeah. It, then he's. It's like the worst twist of all time because you don't actually see the twist happen. Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: I honestly don't remember This is I was doing so well I did basically Four out of five movies From a, a pretty solid memory This is the one That fell apart I got nothing Yeah Go
1: figure The one that
0: actually Won Best Picture I know What are you going to do <laughs> What are you going to do Give me some fun facts so That's what you're going to do
1: I needed some animated Penguins in this That would have at least Made it better mm, Yeah No words are spoken During the last 20 minutes And 25 seconds of the film Because he's dancing It's good Yes Good <laughs> Leslie Carey had suffered from malnutrition during World War II and was not used to the rigors the rigorous schedule of filming a movie because she would tire so easily she was only able to work every other day to the annoyance of Gene Kelly well i mean i would truth
0: i mean like it's a health thing but i i if it wasn't i would also be annoyed can i work every other day can i do that is that a thing
1: i mean you're a teacher you kind of already do that's rude like <laughs> After Arthur freed and Ira Gershwin reached an agreement during their weekly pool game, film rights to George Gershwin's An American in Paris, a tone poem for orchestra, was purchased for $158,750 and Ira received $56,250 as a consultant to write any necessary new lyrics for songs. <laughs> I love
0: Gershwin. Gershwin's great. Maybe not that. But Gershwin's usually great. Um, the music I should say. You don't want to be mm. too specific. Um, that was three. Good job, you. Uh, people, you can find us on Academy Rewind. Before we do the rewindies, I want to tell you where you can find us. You can find us on re- academyrewind.com, com. Check out all of our other thought-bubble Audio shows, patreon.com uh, slash Audio to support the show. Um, at Academy Rewind on Twitter for Palmer, at PG 13 for myself. And you can email us at academyrewind at gmail.com, but don't because we ain't going to check it. So I'm pretty sure that Gmail probably just discontinued our account at this point. It's been many years since anybody has logged into <laughs> that account. It probably doesn't even exist anymore. I have no idea, and I'm not going to check. Palmer, are you ready? Yes, Timothy. The 1952 rewindies. Am I ever? No, it means you're not, and you're doing it from memory as we speak. And I will go first. To no, it was. It was
1: more of like, am I ever really ready? No, oh, no, no I'm not. You know, you're never ready. <laughs> like, I don't weird. know. How, how
0: long do we have to do this before you realize this? The show will be over, and it'll be like, I finally have my list. Like, go oh, home, man. Shows up. Over. what are you still doing here go home <laughs> um so if you're new to the show which i don't know why you would be joining in the 1952 rewindies of uh, or the 90, because uh, they're huge fans of, of
1: q Vodice.
0: quo quo to who quo who take your take your Four decisions
1: before dawn mm,
0: that's the one they nailed it uh so anyway we choose <laughs> the one person it's all of the it is all <laughs> of the categories of the academy uh as except um Except that we are only allowed to choose of the five movies that were nominated for Best Picture, and here we go. Starting with Best Supporting Actor, I give to Peter Ustinov for Quo Vadis.
1: Absolutely, give it to Emperor Nero because he's the best, absolutely.
0: Um, Supporting yep. Actress, I give to Shelly Winters for A Place in the Sun.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No. Maybe. Um. I mean, yeah. Now you can give it to Stella yeah, yeah. if you
0: want, but that's uh.
1: No, because she's no, no, no. A Place in the Sun. Yeah. Right. Good. She was annoying and bothered me. She did a good job.
0: She did a good job, though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is exactly Uh production design. I give to a, an American in Paris. Uh, Quo Vadis. To Quo Vadis. Good for you. Costume design. I give to Quo Vadis. Quo Vadis. Makeup and hairstyling. I give to Quo Vadis.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with a streetcar named Desire. Good choice. I think that's wise.
0: Music I give to an American in Paris.
1: Uh, I give it to a decision before dawn. Okay. Visual effects to Quovadis. No. I give it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, visual effects, really? To oh, Quovadis. Yeah, Quo yeah they
0: freaking burned all of Rome. Yeah, yeah. What was I gonna give it to decision? They before literally
1: dawn. burned Rome, though. Like it
0: wasn't. <laughs> I know. Hundreds of people died. <laughs> <laughs> the little wooden people that they had in the
1: miniature. They naked. They, they, they the little wooden boy. Poor yeah. Pinocchio.
0: <laughs> the little wooden boy. Next. Uh, visual effects. Cinematography I give to A Place in the Sun. Quo Vadis. Okay. Uh, editing I give to A Place in the Sun.
1: An American in Paris.
0: Good. Uh, sound I give to Quo Vadis. An American in Paris. Actor I give to Marlon Brando for A Streetcar Named Desire.
1: Yes. Marlon Brando. No. Indeed. Yeah. Um,
0: and I wrote this months ago, even before our conversation. This is <laughs> So look at that. Uh, actress, I give to Vivian Lee for A Streetcar Named Desire. I tell you, I don't like it, but they did a good job.
1: Oh, they did a great job, Vivian Lee. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, best writing, I give to A Place in the Sun.
1: A Streetcar Named Desire.
0: Best director, I give to George Stevens for A Place in the Sun.
1: Uh, I will give it to An American in Paris.
0: Excellent. Which means you're truly giving it to Vincent Minnelli. Uh, and yep. best picture? I give to A Place in the Sun A Streetcar Named Desire I think those are great choices All around It definitely yeah, should absolutely. not have been An American in Paris However fun
1: that was uh, Probably not, no
0: No, that's that's no, the Definitely takeaway. not Yeah Well, that was real fun You could find us next time On Academy Rewind Talking about 1942's nominees They are as follows Get ready for all these movies You've never heard of They are How Green Was My Valley i actually heard of that one oh. The Little Foxes Here Comes Mr. Jordan One Foot in Heaven Blossoms in the Dust, a tiny little film that you might not have ever heard of called Citizen Kane. Uh, Sergeant York, Suspicion, Hold Back the Dawn, and uh, sometimes sometimes co-host of some other Thought Bubble audio shows and guests on this show, Scott's favorite, The Maltese Falcon. Oh, The Maltese Falcon. I've never seen it. Oh, you are in for a treat, probably. Um, we'll find out together. Um, <laughs> that That is it for Academy Rewind, because they're actually playing us off. No, I have
1: some more people to thank.
0: Well, too bad. Bye. Bye.